Hey everybody, before we uh, get started with the show, I want to take a second to talk about Anchor. Anchor is the platform that I use to record Project Mindfully Outdoors. And it's one of the most amazing pieces of podcast technology out there because it puts all the tools that you need right in your hand. And what's cool is it's free. And not only is it free, but you can also make some money off of it. So if you're in the market to start up a podcast, I highly suggest you swing over to anchor.fm and check them out. This is a Project Mindfully Outdoors presentation. As a writer and a sportsman who struggles with his mental health, I'm on a mission to connect the call of the wild with everyday life, to make the concrete jungle just a little bit easier to navigate. By drawing on the backwoods philosophy of the past and some of the greatest thinkers and masters of today in a way that shapes the message that you just might need to hear today. This is Project Mindfully Outdoors. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another episode of Project Mindfully Outdoors. As always, I'm your host and your guide, Mike Martin. Thanks for tuning in. It's another Friday. Gotta be exciting because it's going to be a long weekend. So that's uh, definitely made the grind worthwhile this week, right? Now, today though, I want to talk about uh, what I got for you. Because I got something that's going to be very thought-provoking. Because when you mention the word grief, you know, most people think of the sole textbook image, you know, grieving for someone that just passed away, you know, the idea of losing a loved one, but there's so much more to it that I really feel like a lot of people don't exactly give much mind or much thought to, because really, you know, every chapter of our life story in one shape or another it ends with that theme of grief you know we lose something something changes whatever it is it all still falls under the umbrella of grief and you know it takes some time to process to work through and ultimately You know, we don't fully ever heal from it. Because grief, it's something that changes us. And we just have to learn to live within the reality of the new environment that's left behind. It's almost like the idea of a controlled burn that's done in, you know, habitat conservation and control you burn things down and then you let the new reality grow around it well the reason I bring this up and I talk about this so much in the course of this episode is because when I had to cast that line into that lake of unknown another one of those amazing guests and conversations well came my way and I reeled in Paige Park, who really felt compelled to, compelled to take the opportunity to sit down and talk to me about her grief journey. <clears throat> and not only the aspect of losing somebody, but really the perfect storm around it and all the other different fingers of grief that have touched her story. But the cool part, and the part that I really feel is inspiring, 
is the way that she lived and walked that path of accepting grief and adapting to the new reality around her. Because what she did is she took her passions and she molded them into a way that she can help others. She's the founder of Toss Rose Yoga Studio, which she uses to help others learn and study yoga, find and develop their voice in the new surroundings that they find themselves in. And I think overall, this is just a genuinely heartwarming story that can really put a lot of things into into context for a lot of us because you know there's a lot to Paige's story and ideas that she brings to the table that we really dive into that when you think about it really makes its own gravy for how we can better put the words on the page that we're living now So on the flip side of this word from our sponsor, I present my conversation with Paige Park. I hope you enjoy, and I hope you find a lot to take away from this one. All right, our friends over at Brush Cap have really done it this time. They found a way to put fun back in fungi with the launch of their all-new cola-flavored mushroom gummies. Now check this out. There's tons of studies out there that talk about the the well-being and the benefits of mushrooms. Not just to say, you know, your overall health, but also to your mental health. And that's why I'm excited about this one. And this one, I'm glad that I get to be a part of this rollout. Because Fresh Cap has rolled out the best tasting gummies that do all the most amazing things. And they've revolutionized the way you're going to boost your immune system, your focus, and your energy. So swing over to FreshCap.com. And get a hold of these things while they're still on the shelves. And while you're there, use promo code Project Mindfully Outdoors 10 to save yourself 10% on your order today. That's promo code Project Mindfully Outdoors 10. Paige. Thank you for uh, joining me on short notice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. It's good to be here and be here with your audience. I appreciate it. It seems to be learn uh, that I'm learning this week just how uh, important these kind of conversations really are. Yes, very much so. Since uh, things kind of went haywire their last minute with uh, a couple of interviews I had set up, I'm glad this has kind of worked out. This is this is going to be. Uh, interesting and fun kind of flying off the heel (laughs) it is yeah i i like doing things sometimes on the fly sometimes i get the best my best statements my best work when i don't put a lot of thought into it and i just react and respond that's what i found it works best too so this is going to be interesting but we're going to have fun with a not so fun subject correct we're going to dive into grief Yes, we are going to dive into grief, some heavy stuff. So let's uh, go ahead and kind of jump into your journey a little bit with experience to grief. Okay, I can talk about my grief journey. Um, So nine years ago, my divorce was final. And five months after my divorce was final, my mom was diagnosed with a glioblastoma multiform, which is a brain tumor death sentence, basically. It's a brain tumor where the fingers of the tumor stick into the brain tissue. So when they go to resect, it's not like a solid ball. It's got little bits that are into the tissue. They can't get it all. 
and it's very fast growing type of tumor. Um, nine months after she had her resection surgery, she passed away. Man. Oh, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) But wait, there's more. Two years after my mom passed away, my father passed away. Um, He had been diagnosed with Parkinson's shortly after he retired from work. And with every stress event, he had a decline and he would rebound a little bit, but he never would rebound back to baseline. Like there was a new baseline. Um, and so we knew he and my mom were high school sweet, sweethearts. They have a really special story and they had been to, married for 56 years when my mom passed away. So we knew that when I say we, my brothers and I knew that when my mom would, after my mom died, my dad wouldn't, we weren't sure how much longer he would last, but we knew that he wouldn't last all that much longer after she left or died. And then two years after my father passed away, my brother died my oldest brother, I have two brothers, my oldest brother. Um, he had a ulcer rupture and he just never healed from it. That is definitely a lot to start with. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of grief. Yeah, honestly, you know, we're here to celebrate the fact that you come through this grief journey because those are, those are difficult things. I've, can tell why this conversation, why we came together for this, because I've experienced a lot of the same kind of stuff. Okay. Not, not all one massive wallop, <laughs> but over the same course of the journey, I yeah. years ago lost my grandmother to the same thing, brain cancer. And then, you know, my grandfather, he had a massive stroke growing up. So he was paralyzed, didn't talk, all that stuff. Lasted many, many years more than we expected. Mm-hmm. And then the ultimate or the final one that I faced was my second divorce, which really crushed me in a lot of ways. So there's definitely a lot of angles that we can go. Yeah. Well, that was my second divorce, the one that ended nine years ago. So yeah, I feel that as well. Yeah, they're never fun. But no. the thing that the thing that there is to really celebrate and commend about it is that you chose the smooth handle on you know, where you were going to take things. You went on this journey. And obviously, as we talk now, I can see the smile on your face. So, you know, you get there one way or another. And a lot of people go through these sort of moments. Yeah. So being being able to hear a conversation like this and walk through the nuts and bolts of it and let the story make its own gravy really really serves to inspire somebody that's down in the trenches right now and the rain's pouring down on them getting covered by the waves yeah yes well and and no and i'm sure you know this from your grief experiences as well that once we experience grief it's there it's yes and it's not so much healing from it. I don't, I don't like that. We're healing from grief because you never really heal, but you learn to live with it. You learn to dance with it. You learn to swim in the waves, whatever analogy you want to take with that. You do. And it's not something that you just wake up one day and you're like, Oh, this is, this is gone. This is behind me. It does kind of shape you and it does kind of mold you, but it gives you you know, it gives I can refer back to that that metaphor from Apatitas where it gives you the opportunity to pick, you know, one of the two handles, either the rough one and you start to decline, or you choose the smooth handle that takes you on that venture to internalize it and use it as a power to grow. Yeah. Well, and grief is one of those grief is one of those things that it demands to be heard. So even if you try and take and stuff it down, that doesn't work because at some point it's going to creep back up because grief wants to be heard. It wants to be seen. It wants you to, and I'm talking about it like it's a, it's a separate entity. Sometimes it feels like it is. Um, it, it wants you to experience that emotion. When my mom passed away, um, there was so much going on that I didn't fully grieve my mother that's the challenging part is a lot of us think, you know, you have the funeral process. That's where the grief is, but 
it's not really the factor. It comes down the line and, you know, it sits on your shoulder, ultimately screaming at you. And like you said, it wants to be heard. Yeah. It 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 wants you to go through the process. Yes. Yes. And so one of the things that I do, I teach a grief yoga class. And one of the things that I do in that class is give people space to, to sit with their grief so that it can be heard so that they can feel the feelings, um, and allow that to express in whatever way it needs to express. Like grief is one of those things. There's so many emotions associated with it and no one emotion is right. Um, about a month, a little over a month after I started teaching this grief yoga class, I've been a classroom teacher. I teach high school for 24 years. And um, one of my students, I teach students with mild disabilities and one of my students passed away in an accident and he had been on my caseload for four years. Brother, older brother had been on my caseload for six and oldest brother had graduated six years prior. So um, I've been with this family for a long time and the death of that student, like in the middle of this, it's like the universe went, you're teaching grief yoga. guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you another grief event in your life. Um, and you know, especially one so young, he was not even 18 yet. He was going to be 18 in like a month. Um, or no, a couple of weeks, he was gonna be 18 in a couple of weeks and just that one so young and so tragic, it comes up. So you revisit grief, you know, after the funeral is gone, when you're getting ready for graduation at the graduation ceremony at brother's um, graduation party, like it, it comes back up in those times and knowing what to do with it when that happens is a powerful thing. It is. And it gets down to that process of the fact that when you're grieving, it's very overwhelming. Yeah. And that that's where, you know, a lot of people will find different ways to mask it, to silence it and go down those darker paths. But being able to provide the space and lean into a support system where you can bite off a little chunk of it at a time and process it is where the real action happens. Yeah, that's where you. That's where you really get to go forward. That's where the magic happens. Um, That's where not only you get to go forward, but you get to take that grief and you get to turn it into something else. Um, I know people who have, you know, who do different things every year to honor a loved one, maybe who has passed away or sometimes just in the little things with, um, my parents, I, you know, I find them with me in certain circumstances that I can feel their presence and just knowing that they're there feels good. Most definitely. I can relate to that based on my outdoor activities. When I hunt and I fish because it was my thing I did with my grandfather. And it's always been the most safest comforting feeling to get out there and then to go back to uh like the campground that i used to always go with them as a kid to camp it literally feels like they're there with me and you know as much as you miss and you grieve for somebody it's having that internal connection Mm -hmm. that is so important and it's so comforting to have And people think that processing grief that you have to forget that person and yes, they'll fade away, but I grew up camping. And so I love your outdoor connection. See, there's a reason we're talking. (laughs) Um, I love that outdoor, the outdoor connection that you have, because that's one of the spaces that I've always felt an external connection. Like my dad took me can't took our family both my parents took us camping and one of um when my brother passed away he was living in key west not key west he was living in marathon um which is north of key west 
And I flew down, my brother was there, had driven down my other brother. And I flew down to meet with him because I told him, you don't have to do this by yourself. Like, I will come do this with you if you want me to. Like, no one should be alone after they lose somebody. And so I, um, I flew down, we cleaned out, he was living on a boat in Marathon. We cleaned out his boat. And then, you know, when we did all of the things that we needed to do there, we drove north. And one of the places that my family went camping was in Panama City Beach, Florida. We would go to St. Andrews State Park. And all he said was, do you want to stop by and see mom and dad on the way home? And I went, yes, absolutely. And I knew what he meant. I knew where we were going. Um, because for both of us, that was every year for spring break, that's where we would go. And that is one of the places that I felt the closest to my, my parents. My mom would go sit in this place called Buttonbush Marsh. And when we were at the marsh, it was like mom was there with us. Yeah, see, I draw on that outdoors aspect of it because if you think back and you really look at like the face of death and the process, right now we're so detached from it. Yes. But throughout history, there's so many different outdoor connections that mm -hmm. was tied to it. You know, it was always a celebration. And yes. you still, they honored and they still carried that connection, which, you know, as you were saying earlier, it's important to hold on to the connection to not forget. Yeah. Because when you forget, then you just kind of let that hole continue to grow. And ultimately, you know, it gets back to the fact that it wants to be heard. It wants to be honored. So finding that moment, that place, that memory, whatever, holding on to it, celebrating it, treasuring it is actually a really pivotal step in the process. Yeah. And knowing that no matter how long it's been, that can still come up. Um, you know, like I said, my dad's been gone for six years. So two years, four years after he passed away, I moved into a new house. Um, and I was going through pictures, pulling things out of frames because I wanted to get rid of a bunch of stuff, but I wanted to keep the pictures. Um, my mom was a big camera freak show. I'd had it always had a camera around her neck. Um, and I, pulled one picture out and I looked underneath it and there was a picture of my dad with one of his dearest friends at their cabin in northern Wisconsin and this was we didn't go there every year we went a few times and we would set up our camper in their backyard because their front yard was Lake Superior and just tears immediately streaming down my face for a minute maybe two and then as soon as that stopped I had a memory of the two of them and I died laughing so knowing that that's okay you can go from crying to laughter because that image may spark some sadness but then a memory may spark a giggle yes and within that giggle you can find support for other aspects of your healing journey as well because you know that's really uh as i mentioned you know the outdoors with my grandfather it being a safe place for me that's really where i turned when everything else in my life went south yeah and as i had to relearn how to i guess process things and adjust to reality it was there that I got the opportunity to do that. And then bringing those skills back home when the muscle, muscles were strong enough was able to start to connect the dots back in everyday life and you know, ultimately provide a much healthier environment for myself. Yeah. Yeah, the, the healing balm of the outdoors can be so powerful. I have a little infographic on my website called five things to do and you feel overwhelmed with grief and one of them is take a walk just get outside get your feet in the grass get outside do something outside to help reconnect with yourself reconnect with that person well yeah without that space 
you know, honestly, your mind's just kind of eating itself up. Yes. So getting out there and building that connection, going for a walk is one of the best ways to do it because you're putting your body in motion, mm-hmm. which puts your mind in motion. That starts to throw to kind of slow the thinking process down. Yeah. And then you're you're able to process a little bit more clearly. It becomes more a form of walking meditation and allows that movement, which is one of the reasons I've gravitated to yoga, um, is that movement allows the mind, the monkey mind to settle down and, and the, the feelings to be able to come up. And to sit with those feelings and not give them a story and not identify with them, but just allow them to be and feel how they feel within your body. Like what does, don't even call it anger. What does anger feel like in your body? What does it feel like in the tissues of the muscles? Um, and, and giving that, A, not giving it a story allows it to freely float away when it's done. Um, and B, it gives you, it gives you space to feel it. You've got to feel those things or they're just going to hang out down in the tissues and not go away. Now, see, there's that deeper level aspect of it that a lot of people get really turned off and scared about, Yeah, you know, it, let alone not knowing how to do it. Yeah. And this, this is where like these conversations become those little bullet points at the beginning of the trail Mm -hmm. so that they can start to find a direction. And then they start to toy around with it, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. And, you know, ultimately they start figuring out what's working for them and start getting there. But getting over that hurdle is one of the hardest aspects of it. It is. It takes practice. You, You have to start sitting with it in order to learn how to sit with it. If that makes sense. Um, You have to just begin to do it. And if a feeling creeps up, one of the things that you can do, this is one of the things that I do is I just think what's okay. What's that feel like? And just identify, is it sticky? Is it bumpy? Like what, what texture does it have? And give it, give it shape and voice in that way, instead of giving it a story, which again, takes, it takes practice. You have to begin to, and then the more you can lean into that a little bit more and ask yourself, okay, let's go a little deeper with that. How does it feel deeper into my body? Where is it in my body? I had a conversation a few months ago about the, this concept of tapping. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really ties into that well, because you're kind of providing like that soothing um, attention grabbing feeling. Yeah. But yet it's giving you that freedom and that space to kind of work with the feelings too yes. and be able to understand. So I think yeah. those things tie together really well. Yeah. Tapping ties in really well. I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert tapper. I have tapped a little. Um, but the movement of yoga kind of has the same effect. So one of, um, one of the things that we, when we store those things in our body, oftentimes they're stored in the chest, shoulders, neck, or the hips. So there's a pose that you can do that just opens the chest up. And oftentimes when that happens, people will have an emotional release and reaction to that. Now, sometimes they won't, and that's fine too. It's not always, um, but sometimes you will because it opening that chest up opens up the heart and it leaves the heart a little unprotected. And sometimes that can be a scary place to be. And if we have stuff stored in our body, when we open that up, it'll come out in feeling emotion, crying, um, anger, rage, any, any of those things. And the same with the hips. There are a couple poses that get really, really deep into the hips. And a lot of times we store, that's where we store trauma. That's where we store so many things in the hips and the, um, the hips and the belly and the glutes. 
And so when that stuff is released, which it needs to be released, so important to release it, um, there can be a lot of emotion that kind of comes up with it. And so people will come to a yoga class maybe for the first time or be working with someone and doing some yoga postures and they'll all of a sudden they'll start crying and they're like, why am I crying? Well, it's because whatever you stuff down is in the tissues and it has come back up because we gone into this position or this posture or this which is an interesting fact because you know not a lot of people associate the buildup of the traumas and everything emotionally with it being held physically in our inside of our body mm-hmm. and i can i can understand the expect you know the release of all that and it putting you into a vulnerable and confusing space and at the same time, I can also see how in certain situations that can be like the biggest turnoff in the world because you you hit that plateau and you're like, oh, man, I got to go the other way because that's scary. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It can be very scary, but sometimes if we never look at the darkness, we won't see and appreciate the light. And it's because of the light that there is darkness in the first place. Yeah, there's definitely the uh, two sides to everything. Mm-hmm. There, there's that horrible part, but then there's well, there's the embracing the suck factor, as I call it. Yes, definitely. And then, embracing the suck. and then on the other hand, there's the grip and grin moments. You know, you're standing there with the big old fish in your hand, smiling away, and somebody takes the picture of it. You got to use those moments to power through. And you can even turn that into being the fire starter to start a campfire in the middle of the night to stay warm and to be able to see around you. So all those things, they take energy. And as you expel that pent-up energy, you're able to replace that with, the positive healing energies and connections. Well, and how wonderful is it to catch that fish once you've experienced not catching it? Oh, it's monumental. (laughs) Right? So without grief, without disappointment, without frustration, we cannot fully experience the beauty and gratitude when of, of the beautiful things when they happen, catching that fish, getting that buck, um, you know, just the, the joy and the beauty in life means so much more when you've experienced the frustration, embraced the suck, as you say, um, I've said that too. most definitely. yeah when you're able to do that like it's beautiful and it's so much more beautiful which is why I can sit here and smile because life is so much more beautiful now it has so much more meaning and yeah it sucked bad for a while yeah in three-year time period that was basically a storm and then I feel like it has this interesting effect where when you weather the storm and you stand back and you look at what you came through, it gives you this um, understanding and this realization of just how wonderful and precious each moment is that you're, that you're here. Yeah, and so it, precious. It gives you that, um, that need to celebrate the fact that you're alive. Because a lot of us lose concept of that. You know, we get caught up in the day-to-day grind and all the aggravations and things around us. And then a moment like this happens and all of a sudden we realize those things, number one, aren't as relevant. And number two, it's within my power to decide how I perceive and how I respond to all these different things that happen every day. I made a commitment to myself after my mom passed away to really start living. And one of the ways I decided to do that is every year I was going to do something different, go somewhere different, experience something different 
that I'd never experienced before. And those moments have been so sweet. And some of them have been so well beyond my expectations. Um, things that I never even dreamed I would do, I've done since making that commitment to myself. Which is awesome. And, you know, another point that's commendable. And I, I say that because a few weeks, actually probably about a month ago, and it's really weird to say I've had so many of these conversations now. <laughs> But I had this conversation with uh, this author and it was a couple of weeks span between the conversation and the release. And in that time he passed away. Oh, wow. And he, uh, he had a terminal battle with cancer that was long running and he was obviously in the, or the ending stages of it. But throughout the whole conversation, not a single mention of it, nothing but a big smile the most motivating factors that he could you know that he had within him and all the energy was poured into that and then to release it and put it out there and get the response to the email saying that he had passed away it was like you know, really put my put my jaw on the ground and like man going through all of that and you can live that fully and give that much until you know, your last, uh, that, that's inspiring. And that's enough to make you realize, you know, you got to take the moment. Yeah, that is inspiring. Um, and and to, to live a life like that, is that not beautiful? To jump off of the hamster wheel and to live every moment in such an intentional way. And that's one of the things that when grief enters your life, you, you learn the preciousness of life and how beautiful every little moment is. You do. And going through the process just makes that that much more clear to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. When we first got going, you mentioned something that um, I think we really should talk about because there's so many other versions of grief than just losing somebody oh, yes, to death. For sure. The whole divorce thing. Yes. You know, very you much live, so. you live in a, you know, a chapter of your life and whether it's your decision, some, the other party's decision or whatever the details are, <clears throat> you still have to go through a process to grieve in order to let that go. Well, and just to kind of sidebar for a second, we don't grieve enough, I feel like, as a society, because there is not just divorce, but when relationships end, even a friendship, um, there's a grief factor there. When there's some sort of a change in our lives, we move from one job to another, there's a grief. It's not, it's not as intense as maybe losing someone or divorce, but there's a grief factor there as well. Um, so yes, uh, divorce is, yeah, such, <laughs> yeah. And mine was messy. Um, yeah, mine too. Was, yeah. And you make a, a good point about grieving for different situations because really as a society, we're kind of taught to just pick up shop and move on to the next, mm -hmm. not to look back or to think about it, but it can be the same effect on somebody and yes. it can put you at the same fork in the road, whether the, whether you're going to mask it and go down that darker path or you're going to process it, accept it and move into the new reality. Yeah, absolutely. It too. I did not want my marriage to end. It was my second. And, um, I did not want to go through divorce again. And I kind of tried to kind of reconcile with him, but yeah, he didn't, he had no interest. He had no interest in reconciling. So, um, yeah, there we go. We went through, went through a divorce, lasted about six, nine months, six months, I think, the divorce itself. Yeah, it seems to be the same, same principle. Once one party's done, that's, that's about yeah. it. And then there, there's that effect on you. I mean, my second marriage ended up leaving me living in my truck with nothing else around outside of, you know, work and hunting or fishing. But it was 
like in the process of being completely lost within the feelings and everything that I had never even considered the idea of grieving for something like that. Till a friend mentioned to me, you know, you're going through the grieving stage because that was such a hefty and important chapter in your life mm-hmm. that when it was said to me, even at that point, I kind of shrugged it off and going through it, it worked its way into my healing journey. Mm-hmm. And I guess I've come out the other side of it, accepted that reality is what it is. And looking back upon it, though, there was so many different little bumps that had to be addressed. And I kind of wanted to get your take on it a little bit as far as what that looked like for you. Um, For me, it was kind of different. I didn't actually realize how depressed I was in my marriage until I I moved in with my parents. That was interesting. Um, (laughs) 42 (laughs) years old and I moved back in with mom and dad. Um, in my, it was, I was in my old childhood bedroom too, which was right across from the hall from my parents' room and the doors had slats on them. And there was one morning I had a dog, I had, I had my little dog with me. And there was one morning I had woken up very, very, very early, like two or three o'clock in the morning to let him out. And I came back to bed and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I pulled out a book on my iPad and I was reading and he could see the light, the backlight from the the iPad because he had gotten up and he kind of peeked in through the slats of the door and saw the light coming up and knew that I was awake. And so he goes and tells my mom, I'm really worried about, I'm really worried about Paige. She was up reading in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just couldn't go. Like I wouldn't even sat. Like I just couldn't go back to sleep at that point. It wasn't even a, I'm depressed. I'm up. Um, but yeah, it, it's an it's an interesting process. There was a lot of anger with my divorce. There was a lot of um, betrayal. I felt betrayed by him um, throughout the marriage as well. And like I said, I didn't realize how sad I was until I'm in the grocery store. This was a couple of months after we separated maybe three months after we separated, I'm in the grocery store and there's some Christmas music playing and I start singing to it. And I realized at that point that it had been a very long, music has always been a huge part of my life. Um, I was in choirs as a kid growing up. I was in choir in high school. Um, I even took vocal lessons when I was in college just for fun because I love to sing so much and it has always been such a part of my life. And I realized at one point, I guess I had stopped singing and I didn't even know until that, until that moment. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm going through my process here and I'm going to be in that moment. I knew I was going to be good. I think a lot of the time when marriages are kind of on the rocks or whatnot, and you get so set in those routines you do lose touch with yourself. You do t- lose touch with your, you know, your personal emotions. You forget to check in with yourself. And, you know, that that's a common thing that happens is you hit the decline button, but you don't realize it. Yeah. And then when you, you know, when everything's said and done, you finally catch back up with yourself and you realize how much better off you are. Yeah. I didn't know how to check in with myself at that point. That's something that it seems like a lot of us are not taught how to do. We're not. Or if we're not taught how to, if we are taught how to do it, we get so caught up in those relationships that we let those become really the uh, narrative that we hear. Yeah. Oh, I, my intuition told me not to marry him but I'm a little stubborn (laughs) (laughs) and I was like I'm going through with this and I knew I knew I shouldn't have like I my inside self told my outside self not to do it and I chose not to listen to that and I think you know one of the things that we do is we don't our intuition is so intelligent and knows so much and we think 
our monkey mind is like, oh no, that's not what's best. And we're going to shove that down. But really, if we would tune in and learn to listen to our intuition, we would make so much better choices. Yeah, I think it's that being in tune part that you really hit it right on. Because if you think about that little voice or, you know, those instincts and all that stuff, those things came through evolution. Mm -hmm. They kept our ancestors alive. That's why we're here, right? Exactly. (laughs) And they don't seem to really tie into the way the world has evolved for us. So we think that they're not as important as they were to them. But they're vital to us. They're vital to our, to our survival and to, you know, earlier when we were talking about living a full life, they're vital to living a full life. Listening to our intuition, it's going to guide us and direct us. Um, I listened to one of your podcasts earlier and I heard you talk about kind of feeling like you're on a ride and that you're not sure where it's going to go. I feel that like that is, that is my life. That has been my life for the last two years. If you had told me two years ago that I would be on podcasts and teaching grief yoga and talking about grief and wanting to change the way we think and talk about grief and treat grieving people, I would have told you, you were insane. No, never in a million years. I did my, I'm, you I was a classroom teacher. I did my yoga teacher training so that I could write curriculum for high school for kids with anxiety and depression. That kind of makes sense. You always somehow on these journeys end up in places that you never imagined. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I'm just hanging on for the ride and I have been in the ride of my life. But that's where it becomes fun and that's where it becomes an adventure. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I never could have imagined I'd be where I'm at doing this sort of stuff. But, you know, here I am and this is kind of where it's pulled me. It's that little intuition, that little voice inside that pulls and you just, you got to surrender. You got to give in. You got to do it. Yeah. You just got to listen and go. And it will take you in places that you never dreamed, but are absolutely amazing right that's kind of you know where this obviously this is where both sides of these stories are right now along the journey is experiencing all of these epic amazing things and it's all because of the events that we lived through yeah we're now you've gone through the storms at least the ones that have already come through that fate handed you and you're standing here doing these different things with a greater appreciation that you never would have had had you not faced all the grief, the adversity, had to struggle, not sure where the next day was coming from or where you were going. And it's just kind of become fun. You've made the best of it. And that's- yeah, absolutely. This is, I feel like the older I get, the more I appreciate life and the more I'm just living in my, my intuition and joy. That's where we've ultimately got to get it. I feel like that's where these journeys push us. Yeah. Is is no matter what resources you pull from, this is the end goal is to get to a point where you're connected, you're grateful, and you're living life, you know, from day to day to enjoy it and to keep your your balance your books balanced. That way, when your final, you know, your last does come, you can close your eyes and go out peacefully that you've lived everything that you could possibly put in your storybook. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and then not that adversity isn't going to come again because it will. It always does. Right. But you're more more, prepared. You're more prepared. You know not necessarily what to expect because it's always a little bit different, but you know that when it comes, what to do, how to, how to take that and incorporate it into the joy of life that you already have and and how to take that adversity and turn it into something that's more beautiful and more productive and better for your life and your health instead of stuffing it and not acknowledging its existence. 
yeah, you become more mindful of the fact that you're never standing on the same shore twice. You're never casting the exact same fish. I mean, one day you're out there with a bubble cum buller. Yeah, if I could talk tonight, <laughs> you're out there with a bubble gum colored jig, and you're, you know, you're retrieving nice and slow, and it's just it's killing them. The next day you go out there, and that same jig and style's not working, so you've got to think a little bit. Yeah, but you've got that confidence knowing that you can figure it out. Yeah, because you've been there and you have these practices. I know one of the things that's made a huge, huge, huge difference in my life is a gratitude practice. That's something that I've worked in that's really made a major difference as well. And just, I never thought something as simple as three things every day. I write down three things every day that I'm grateful for. And it could be That's the same three much... things every day in the row. It doesn't matter. Like whatever, just whatever you're feeling. Sometimes it's just the sunshine. Like... <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I love about that practice that is so simple is, you number one, there's no wrong way to do it. Nope. And number two, it's so simple that anybody can pick it up and just run with it. Yeah. And it's amazing. The more you appreciate the little things, then the more you can appreciate the bigger things as well. And then the easier it is when adversity comes into your life. Um, Last year on my way into the very last day of school, and I'd had this gratitude practice for about two years at this point. I I stopped it for a brief period of time. but then I had started it back up again. So in the morning, I keep a, I do a gratitude journal, I meditate, um, and sometimes I do a little bit of yoga. It just depends on how much time I have. But that, especially the meditation and the gratitude practice are like the two must-haves of my morning. And I was on my way into school and I wasn't paying attention, sort of. I was looking at traffic and not watching the car in front of me. And as I was getting off the exit, I gently rear-ended this woman who actually taught at the middle school in the same district where I teach at the high school. And so we both pulled over and it was, it was seriously the last day of school. And in my past life, an event like that, now there was no damage to either car. I told her we exchanged information and if we needed to exchange further, we could. And we both went on our way. It didn't take very long at all, probably about five to 10 minutes out of our commute. And I was running late as it was. in in my past life, that's something that would have completely derailed my day. And I would have felt, oh, I'm driving the struggle bus. Just let me go back to bed and start over. I need a refresh. I got my car. I drove to school. I was like, yeah, this happened. It was fine. And I went on about my day and I was fine because of those two. I feel like it's those two things that meditation practice and the gratitude journal. Which is, you know, different aspects that you mastered and brought into your journey. And I feel like we've really brought it full circle. And Paige, I really appreciate you doing this. This has been great. This has been good. So the last thing I got for you is this question that I love to throw at everybody kind of last minute. And just to see what the response is, because <laughs> it's, it's going to be fun. And I'm sure something good's going to come out of it. I trust in that at least. (laughs) I'll trust in it too with you. All right. So Paige, give us some lasting, uh, how do I want to word this this time? Wisdom from the path, from the trail, from the journey, anything that resonates that you want to leave us with? A couple of different things. Well, one that we were just talking about, if you don't have a gratitude practice, start one. Um, grab a notebook in the morning, write three things you're grateful for every day. And just notice the shifts that happen when you begin to see the beauty, even in the mundane. Um, And then two, learn to sit with your feelings and your emotions, because that is something that will pay off so much in the future. Um, And the more adversity comes into your life, 
the more things happen, the easier it will be to handle if you know how to be with yourself, how to be with your emotions, um, what the emotions feel like and allow them to resonate through your body as they, as they release. Now that is by far the best instructional answer in response to that question <laughs> I've gotten. <laughs> I love it. So as we wind this down, how can people find out what you got going on, reach out to you, all that uh, good stuff. They can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I am Tulsi, T-U-L-S-I. It's an herb, holy basil. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful plant. Um, so I'm Tulsi, T-U-L-S-I, Rose Yoga um, on Instagram and Facebook. And then if you put a .com at the end of that, you can find my website. If you want a forward slash and do five things, uh, that will take you to the five things to do when you feel overwhelmed with grief. Uh, if you also want to connect with me, I have a free workshop coming up on June 30th. That is all about grief. So we're going to do an kind of an, it's an introductory workshop to a course that I'm launching in July. Um, the workshop, we're just going to kind of dive into grief, how to feel your feelings, how movement plays into that, because movement can be a very powerful way to move emotion through your body, not just yoga. I know I talk about yoga, but I also, we do other forms of movement as well. So it's not just yoga. So we'll do a little bit of movement, a little bit of a movement practice because movement helps prepare the body to receive information. Um, we'll have some time for tips and tools, and then we'll do a little bit of movement practice at the end to help release anything that might have come up during the time. So that is what I have going on. Awesome. Well, this has been a really great conversation. I really feel, I really feel like we pulled it together to try and uh, just weave our way through it. So, thank you very much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here, and I'm glad I was able to pinch it at the last minute. I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's all. That's the end. We have reached the end of yet another episode of Project Mindfully Outdoors. Now, today, though, I think was one of those like real kind of cumbersome type moments where after listening through that conversation really puts, you know, the whole cherry on top of the way things work because after all life is a story of birth evolution progress setbacks change until ultimately you take your last and a lot of the time you find yourself in the face of grief you know you feel one of those fingers on your shoulder one way or another and you got to decide what to do with it it's not really something that's worth masking, dwelling on, or even let rob you of the joy of life, because that's kind of what it is. You know, that's really the key element here is finding joy within each moment and building a fulfilling life story. So... To be able to learn to live with and what's more honor and celebrate those things that you've lost, had to leave behind, changed, or whatever is a beautiful process because what comes on the other side of it is a very beautiful, nurturing forest to which you get to enjoy the fruits of and that's what's left behind sure it looks like it's smoldered ashed you know just charred there's never going to be anything left but if you look at the cycle it happens that's part of life you know 
things get taken away and things regrow. So just keep that in mind this weekend as you get out in the wild, because that's where the stillness and the adventure lies. See ya. Hey, it's Mike. Real quick, before we get out of here, I just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the show. You know, without you, none of this would be possible. So if you're enjoying the show, and if you wouldn't mind, could you leave a five-star review and a few kind words? I'd be most grateful. And I hear it goes a long way in helping our growth. Also, if you could share this podcast with a friend, they just might thank you for it. After all, it's about community and growth. So until next time we meet, talk soon.